0: So the big question is this, how can kingdom-minded, for-purpose entrepreneurs like us, those who are committed to building big things with their life through their business, do it in a way that they don't lose their body, they don't lose their balance, those closest relationships that mean the most to them, and their being, their connection and daily walk with Christ. How can we build, expand, and create in such a way that we hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That is the question, and this podcast is centered around those who are on this journey at a high level and their tips, systems, routines, and mindsets that have enabled them to pull this off. My name is Forrest Walden, and welcome to TribeCast. Welcome to another episode of Tribecast. I am excited this morning to sit down with Jason McCarthy. He is the founder and CEO of GORUCK, a company that is probably familiar to many of the listeners. And he's also just written a new book that I've been enjoying that he was kind enough to send me before uh, the show, which is how not to start a backpack company. Look forward to getting into that. Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Um, well, Jason, give us a little background about uh, who you are and what you do and how you came about uh, founding GORUCK and, and where you guys are now over 10 years later. Yeah. Well, that's a lot to unpack. I'll, I'll try to uh, I'll try to keep it brief enough. <laughs> um,
1: basically, I guess the journey best starts after 9-11 because of 9-11 is, is why I ultimately joined up and served the served in the army. So went through and, and made it through army special forces. And, you know, I was, I was really just kind of enraged on nine 11 and it took me a couple of years to figure out that I needed to serve like that. Right. Cause it's one thing to be enraged. It's another thing to actually sign up to go fight a war and then sure. train to go fight a war and then go to war. So that was, a, that that took a little bit of, that took a little bit of time and served from, from 03 to 08, went to Iraq, went to uh, West Africa, you know, got to, had the honor of serving America, but also serving with the people to the left and the people to my right. And so you serve America, but you know, I've always loved America. I, you really fall in love with, with the people that you serve with. And so it was the service part of Go Rock that that I just came to equate with that feeling. Of, of working and beside
0: those people. Well, Jason, um, I've, I've lived that a little bit vicariously through my brother-in-law. Same story. Joined after 9/11, Army Special Forces and the Rangers, and still serves today. So, thank you for your service and for all our brothers and sisters uh, in harm's way. We gratefully, greatly appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks. I mean, it's it's a it's a very rewarding way to lead a life. And, you know, I think that a lot of, a lot of us, and before that, just to give a little more context, like I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I I mean, I wanted to do something special, something different. You know, I wanted to find a, a, a real passion that I could dedicate my life towards. And I kind of had the wrong goals in mind, right? Well, if I, do this in, in business or that or go to law school or go to wherever and I just really didn't know how to do it and th- that's that's kind of a scary time in anyone's life when you're you have all these expectations on you and you don't know how to figure it out and so that's what my life was before 9-11 and then 9-11 hit and it was like oh man <laughs> the how I'm gonna do this is it's really hard and so there, it involves commitment and it involves, you know, it was just hard, right? I mean, joining the army in a time of war is not an easy thing. <laughs> and, and then, you know, I, I just was surprised at how trans, transformational it was for me to serve. Like I thought that I was going to go and be part of the war and then get out and then go back to my previously scheduled life, which mm-hmm. wasn't actually that scheduled that well, you know, I don't really know what that meant. It's like, Oh, everyone says, you know, the military, you go, you learn all these leadership stuff. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, I'll be a great leader when I get out, you know, and and I can go do anything. And, but it's still, the dots never really connected. And, you know, the, the balance part of life, which I know is a big theme on, on the show here is, you know, the, my, my wife at the time we were married to, to sort of flash to the end, we got divorced and now we're back together with a bunch of kids. Right. Oh, wow. Um, That's awesome. It's a a messy story. Like everyone else's life Mm -hmm. is too. Right. It's just, this Mm -hmm. is, this is very easy to point and say, Oh, that's, that's pretty messy. Right. But Mm -hmm. my wife, when I was in training, for special forces. She was in training to be a case officer for the CIA. So she was at the farm in, in, uh, you know, Virginia in, in their sort of training, she graduated five days before her training, five days before I graduated mine to become a green beret. And then she was off to wars in Africa. And then I was off to wars in the middle East and And it was like, we were living, uh, we were living a long distance relationship for, for years and years and years. And the reason why I got out of the army was because I was going to go and live with her. She was, she was posted in in West Africa. I was going to live and work with her. And then I was going to transition over to the the paramilitary side of the, the agency. And, you know, if your home life is solid, Right. If you have the support structures that you need at home, you can conquer anything. Like the world, the world's a tough place, but you can do it. And mm-hmm. when you lose those support structures, you, you can't is, is really what we found out. And that's one of the things that I believe in life is like, there's, there's no such thing as someone who's just going to go it alone their entire life and doesn't need anybody and doesn't need any support and, and all that kind of stuff. Like I just, I don't really believe in that. I think that we're we're at our best when we're part of a team, when we're happily married, when we're you know pursuing the passions and the and the dreams that we have. And so my life came crashing down, and kind of go ruck had been something that M and I had worked on. very, Emily's is uh, my wife's name. Em and I worked on very briefly in Africa, which was I was going to build people a go bag or a go ruck for people who were over there. And what that is is. In in war, you put it in the trunk of the Humvee. It's got all extra supplies that you need, extra, you know, water bombs, guns, weapons to take your pick, right? Just in case your vehicle's disabled and and you have to fight. But Mm -hmm. the the bigger picture is you learn how to plan and prepare like someone in special forces. So the idea was take this idea of what that means to serve in special forces and teach that to others. So that's what I was going to do in West Africa. I'd built her a go bag, built her another one for the, for the house. Cause the first one was in the car, helped out some other people build out theirs over there. And you know, that's what I was going to do. Well, that doesn't work when all of a sudden I'm sleeping on my buddy's couch on the lower East side in New York kind of the early stages of going through divorce. My life's kind of a a mess. I got out of the the army, so I didn't have that task mission or purpose anymore. You know, the support structures that were around me were kind of crumbling. And that was just a really hard time in my life. But GoRuck kind of emerged as a hobby and developed over those next couple years into, okay, well, I guess I'll try to figure out how to build a bag, right? Because it was something to do. It was a hobby. Mm -hmm. And Applied to business school and went to business school and things slowly started to slowly started to turn around. But there was no kind of, oh, things are great now moment. And, and what year was that, Jason? So went to business school from 2009 to, to 2011. OK, so you're and
0: out of out of the army at that I point, out of the army completely then. <laughs> and
1: yeah. And so, you know, and I, I'm incubating GORUCK while I'm going to business school, which is something it's a path that I would recommend meaning I think it's relevant for, to, to just tell people like quitting everything to start something brand new. That would not have worked for me. I wasn't ready for all the brand new entailed and I didn't have the, the cost side and the, the cash side worked out at all either. So it just bought me some time. I'm still going to school and I have this other kind of support network growing on that side of my life. And, and that proved to be really worthwhile as, as we wanted to kind of, start to build go Ruck out a little bit more.
0: Excellent. So now you have kind of the prototype, you've tested it with some friends and family and going to business school and really shaping it. Talk about the launch and the incredible growth you guys have had over the last few years.
1: Yeah. I mean, I tested it out with some of my buddies that were going back to war, which was complicated because at some point I, I missed that life tremendously. I wanted to serve them like going to war, cool going to something that's not war with them. Cool. Right. Like whatever America sends you where she needs you. And I was, I was wanting to go back and sort of join that life. Instead, here's some rucksacks to go test out. It was, it didn't feel as important. Right. Cause, cause it isn't. And yet at the same time there, there was kind of a build towards maybe something else. And, and so the early stages of the gear and the gear took some years to get right, not months, not, Hey, this is easy years. It was really hard and challenging and I didn't come from that background. So it was even more so. And, and then there was a, an idea for what became the GORUCK challenge, which was a a team building event that would be led by someone from special forces in that case, me. Right. And, And that came about because all the gear was available for sale, May of 2010. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. We're two and a half years on this. This is going to be great. Everyone's going to want this. I'm like, nobody wanted it at all. <laughs> right? I mean, the world is not sitting around waiting for you to start your business. It, it really just doesn't care, right? And so that's the silence that I got. It's like, man, I got to figure something else out or else this is going to be gone fast. And, and so that's the the event side of our business is, is really what both changed my heart and propelled the, the company's growth because it was about people and that was a lot more rewarding to me and, and I could pour my passion into that a lot more easily than, than say, just building gear in, in the shadows.
0: So what does the company look like today? Uh, I mean,
1: so there's different sides to our business now, right? I mean, we have events, we run just under a thousand events a year. We build rucksacks and gear. We have uh, footwear for the last few years as well. And, um, you know, we've had apparel for shoot, I don't know, four or five years now as well. So it's kind of like building out the, the, all of the things that one might wear to, to be active, to go for rucks, to train with each other. And, And then in other cases is sort of travel and, and get out there. So you know, size wise, we're about you know 30 people, we have about 75 to 100, depending upon where they are in life, uh, special forces cadre who lead and conduct our, our events uh, across the world, all uh, like throughout the entire year. Um, we'll do something, something north of $20 million this year in, in top line revenue. So wow. yeah, So
0: that's about where we are. So when, you know, I I still find that the word ruck is not uh, commonly known. Sometimes you have to define it. And so for the listener who's still kind of wondering what a ruck is, essentially it is hiking, an aggressive hike with a weighted backpack. Is that how you would explain it or is it more than that? Yeah, I mean so it's got military
1: origins. I mean a rucksack. You don't have mm-hmm. backpacks in the military, right? I mean like backpacks are for school kids and that's cool, right? But the, it's not kind of a professional thing. Like nobody has a backpack. And so it's always called a rucksack and then short for rucksack is ruck. Like go go put this in your ruck is kind of what you would say. Now, to make it even it's not complicated, but it's got another way of saying it is to ruck is also a verb. So it's a noun and a verb, right? And the verb to ruck means you put weight on your back in a rucksack and you start walking and you walk like you got somewhere to go, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's not just sort of bebopping and, and it's, it's a, it's a social fitness activity. And it's, it's also happens to be the foundation of special forces training. So there's a lot to unpack there, but at it's most basic level. Yes. It's put some weight in a rucksack or you can call it a backpack if you want. And I say that with, with a loving smile and, <laughs> and, and uh, and go for a walk, right. You can talk to the person next to you. You'll get strong. It's heart, healthy, heart friendly. You know, it's, there, there's a lot of good that comes, comes about from this. And we're kind of at the, the forefront of pushing it out to, to more people.
0: So the events that you're running, are these basically an organized ruck where people will come together and and do a certain amount of time or a certain distance together, or is it a competition?
1: Yeah, so these are all sorts – I mean, they're they're rucking events, meaning you have a rucksack and you're rucking as as kind of a foundational component to them. You know, at this point now, we have all different kinds of events. We have purely rucking events where – you put 20 pounds or 30 pounds on your back and you, you go for a ruck, right? And we have distances from 5Ks to 50 miles, right? <laughs> uh, we have other events which are kind of special forces cadre-led. Those are more of the team-building variety. So there's a lot of PT, think physical training, push-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, you know, flutter kicks in the ocean with your team. Absolute team building events, and those are all patterned after special forces training. So, you know, on in in cities and and in countrysides, if you will, all over the country and all over the world, every single primarily weekend, we've got a Green Beret, a Navy SEAL, a, a Delta Force operator, a PJ from the Air Force, a Force Recon Marine. All of these people who have served in a very elite position within America's military are giving back what they've learned about teamwork and leadership and communication. And a great way to do that is to physically challenge people because it's it's not like you just read a book on leadership and then you're a great leader, right? You've got to do it. And so you get thrown into this leadership laboratory and you learn how to lead, how to follow, how to push yourself. And really all of this is mental, right? I mean, It's sure you have to be able to do some level of the work, but in a team event, people pick up slack for each other.
0: So is that a event that I would bring a team that I want to connect with and serve at a higher level with, or is that something I show up and I get put on a team or both?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, so it's, these are small classes. So think 20 people meet one special forces guy on a street corner at two in the afternoon, maybe it's one at night, depending on the event. And everybody who starts will also finish together. So mm-hmm. you're, you can show up with your buddies. You can do, you can, you can show up by yourself, right? Bringing a friend is cool. Like, you know, strength in numbers, if you will. But overall, the, the big point is that it's, it's a team event as determined by this cadre or instructor or leader, right with with a special forces background and he builds the the class into a team and it's not like boot camp where there's just in look we have a couple events that are really loud and really aggressive and if you google those or search those you'll see lots of yelling and lots of screaming and you know or being heard if you will right but Mm -hmm. the the classic events that we run the go Challenge are, it's not like that at all. There's, yes, it's physically demanding and physically challenging, but the cadre's role is to build a team. It's not to yell and scream and beat people down and tell them what they cannot do. The goal is to show people what they can do when they work together.
0: Well, I know for me personally, I've been working out over 30 years now. And just recently, the last couple of years have gotten into rucking and really enjoy it. And You know, it's rare where I don't at least strap on a weighted vest when I run. um, But better yet, you know, grab the backpack and throw some weight in there. It's just a great way to get fit and stay fit. And I love being outside, so I'm all about uh, what you're preaching and what you're doing. So thank you for the movement, because I don't know if I would have heard it. It would might have just stayed in the in the military um, otherwise.
1: Well, thanks. Yeah, I'm glad you. I mean, it's the it's go outside (laughs) part that's also really important. You know, I mean, there's just too much much in the world where we we sit on zoom calls all day and then we what stare a screen for an hour to have someone tell us how we're supposed to work out and stuff i mean th- there's a place for that but we also need to just go outside more so 100%. that's the part that i personally get a lot out of as well
0: All right, Jason. Let's talk about uh, the other three domains of your life. Clearly, you're successful in business. And I appreciate you bringing up the fact that it hasn't been easy and it hasn't been without messes, because I think that's all of our story. I know our listeners resonate with that part of it. But let's talk about what you do to show up, lead your 30, hit your 20 million, continue to grow you know, proliferate your different service lines and product offerings, all the things that you're doing as a leader. Um, and the fact that you're leading a fitness company, and I can speak from experience, that demands that you lead at a high level and congruency, and you better be fit yourself if you're going to be, you know, selling that lifestyle and that product. So, what do you do in the domain of body? Are you uh, wrecking every day? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's
1: at my best it's i'm i'm really consistent about it right now the the pandemic and covid-19 have kind of simplified things it's it's in some ways made it easier for me to focus on on a lot of this cuz i've been home more so it's my my best routine is i ruck to work almost every day right hmm. so and how far is it's, that it's 4 miles and I usually do not ruck home because I have a dog as well. And eight miles for the dog is would be a lot. And, and then there's just the time crunch, right? So my wife works with me at, at go rock. And so, uh, you know, I'll catch a ride on the way home or, or whatever. Right. But it's, it's that kind of time outside, you know, like the the weather doesn't deter me from going i mean i live in florida so some people out there it's like well you know yeah it's nice weather usually most of the time sometimes it rains but when it it rains you get wet and the the thing is, is like just having that built in it kind of just clears my mind i get i get some exercise to start the day i can make it harder or less hard depending upon how i feel but it's like you know, four miles. Right. And I, and I have this, this goal throughout the year of taking 10,000 steps on average every day. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. annual average of over 10,000 steps. And I just find that I feel better. I think better. I sleep better. I mean, these are the fundamentals of life, right? Like move more, go outside, eat pretty well, get some sleep, you know, stuff like this. And and then you start getting into family stuff and, and all of that stuff, but you have to take care of yourself first. And to do that, you, you need this kind of mind and body stuff. They they go together. This is not a new concept, right? I mean, go read Aristotle. He wrote all about this. Mm-hmm. Mind and the body are are connected. And so for me, over the long haul. Cause I can always go to the well and you know, you don't sleep very well or you, you stop exercising for a little bit of time because something else comes up that happens to all of us. Right. But the routines over the course of a year are, are really important to me because it's just a constant loop of, Hey, I need to get back into this. And so I baseline with miles and then three days a week I, I do sandbag training and I, and I basically do that with buddies I, I very, very rarely work out alone. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's kind of like that old maxim about never eat lunch alone, except that that's more for networking. This for me is just, I have more fun with, with other people and kind of the community building side of it. I get a lot out of that. And, and so that's a lot of, that's a lot of fun for me and put those together. And it's been, you know, it's been pretty
0: awesome. It is pretty awesome. And do you guys manufacture sandbags as well? We do manufacture sandbags. Okay, I figured. So no matter what you're doing, you're using your product, living it out from the front. Uh, I love that. And, you know, the thing is, I find so many people can overcomplicate it. And really what you laid out is a pretty simple system, especially the walk-to-work part. I mean, that's just, you know, functional and it works already within your core schedule.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's also, it's like, you can build this out. Do you have kids? Great. Put a rucksack on while you put them in the stroller, right? Go outside. Guess what's also great for your kids outside. We we think that we see our kids, right? Or we see our dogs, right? These, these creatures that we just love. And yes, I call my kids creatures sometimes because they're savage, <laughs> you know, but we see them and it's like, Oh, you know, my, my kids, uh, Natalie, Jack and Ryan, like, If they don't get exercise, if they're not outside, if, if we allow them to just stare at screens or whatever all day, every day, well, guess what? Then they get cranky and irritable and they don't sleep well. And, you know, cause they're not tired, right? Or rather Mm -hmm. they're not exhausted because a lot of us get tired from being tired, you know, stare at a screen all day, it wears your brain out, but it doesn't wear your body out. And so we're more like our kids than we realize. We're more like our dog who, if you keep your dog at home for eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours a day, right. And then you get home and it's like, let him out real quick and let him right back in because you're too tired to take your dog for a walk. Like your dog is going to start going crazy. That's when they start eating furniture and doing all this stuff. Right. And so for, for you, for me, for all of us, you can incorporate healthy habits, right? But it's the consistency and really more than anything, it's your commitment to doing them that will make or break its success. It's like New Year's resolutions. We Everybody makes them, it's about the follow through. You know, and this is just simpler. You put a little bit of weight on your back and you go for maybe a little bit longer distance while you're walking the dog or walking the kids. So now you're rucking while you do that. and. You can scale the weight up entirely, it's, it's up to you. But you have to make that commitment to change the way that you think about it. It's not a major thing, but the first step is always the hardest.
0: And what I found in my own life, and through doing this podcast, is all these principles and habits, systems, routines—they spill over into every every area of your life. And body's a great place to start because it's measurable. You know if you did it or not, and you see the results fairly quickly. So let's shift and talk about balance. You had a perfect uh, preface in your introduction, just about uh, the messiness of marriage and the. the lives you guys are living completely apart from each other and we, we kind of got the messy part but let's talk about where you are now and, and the fact that you guys are back together and have kids and that stable life allows you to lead at work
1: yeah i mean you know th- this girl emily i mean she's just the absolute love of my life right i mean we met when we were 15 we've known each other forever it's it's not without difficulties like there there are just stressors and strains that are put on our lives and our lives are not at a fixed point ever you know i mean this second to the next there's always some evolution and so you know marriage to me it's it's so much just uh, like a metaphor for life right i mean if you if you go through hard things and you figure out how to communicate with each other, how to, how to share those hard times together, because life, anybody that's selling you an easy life is, is that's, that's snake oil to me, Mm -hmm. right? There is nothing easy about life. If you have some great times and some great moments with some great people, cherish them. But it, life itself is not an easy place. And so if you just say, Hey, this is really hard. I just need to get, you know, I need to embrace it. Right. And how do you do that? When you love someone, you you keep them closer. How do you do that? You talk to them more, right? If, if you love the girl, tell her, you love her, do it more often. It works right and so you start these basics these fundamentals it's like oh she knows i love her like yeah try that for a few years and see where see where that lands you you know try not making the time to to carve out the time for just the two of you because all of a sudden you've got kids you've got business everyone gets so busy and you look up however many however many years later and it just it's like oops we we missed out on on the time together so you know it was, it was really, really messy for us. And it was messy because we were always friends. And even when it was really hard and anybody that goes through a divorce, I don't care who it is that you're going through a divorce from or with, however you say it, it gets really hard. It's, it's an extreme amount of failure and you, you don't feel good about it, right? You don't feel good about yourself. Is really Mm -hmm. what it boils down to. And so too often you try to blame the other person and and all of that stuff. Right. But really it's, we don't feel good about ourselves because it's a failure and it's a really big one, right? Because you have this commitment that you've made and and now you're having a take back. And so that was really hard. And yet, you know, Em and I, our lives were really complicated by the way that we, the way that we served when we served. And so it's hard to say, sure, I have a couple things like I wish I would have bought, you know, computers with video cameras in them so that we could have Skyped more easily. Right. I mean, these are this is these are the kind of regrets that you have. And mm-hmm. yet the, the Internet was so bad where it's it just like there, there was no silver bullet to, to fix anything that went wrong. And this is from, like I said, the love of my life that I got divorced from. And then we got back together some years later and it's kind of like, there's just, it was just hard. Right. And we went through it, but we're also a lot better because we went through something hard together and then alone. And and then we chose together again. And now it's not like, Oh, this is just so easy and perfect now. It's just that we're wiser. Right. I mean, I don't sit around in my head and say, oh, she knows I love her. Like I tell her I love her more often. Right. I I carve out more time because is there any really better way to show someone that you love them than to spend time with them? I mean, presence implies interest. So be more present. The only way to do that is with your time. The only mm-hmm. best way to do that is with your time. And so, you know, there's just lots of little Tips and lots of little tricks and all this stuff, but there's no silver bullet. It's like we're back to the fundamentals. You spend time with someone, right? You talk to them. You ask them about their lives. You you talk about the things that you both care about, right? You you be nice. Be nice to each other. You know (laughs) stuff like that. And so, it's like we are in a really good place. Our kids are savage, and it's you know that puts a, a, a new and different strain. It's it's actually harder when when I'm gone or one of us is gone on the road, because if your kids are savage and, and you're in it together, you can at least look over at each other and it's like, good Lord, this is insane, right? And you mm-hmm. sort of smile and you're just kind of like, this is terrible, but at least we're in it together. Like when there's distance and one of you is braving this, you know, alone by yourself, that it gets a lot more challenging. And so, you know, I mean there there's just all <laughs> there's just a lot of complexities to it, but we're in a really good place, and, uh, and I feel really blessed and fortunate that we
0: are. And what are the ages of your kids, Jason? Natalie's eight, Jack's five, and Ryan's three. Okay, so you're in the thick of the, the younger years. Yeah. Um, it, that can be insane for sure. Well, maybe give us just one or two practical things that you guys have done to make sure you're safeguarding, and this could be with Emily or with your kids, um, you know, date night, or do you guys have like a family meeting, or like what do you do to make sure that you are living up to those things you just shared, intentional time, and showing them that they're a priority?
1: Yeah, that's that's good. Um, so I think that we – I mean, this yesterday we did, we call it a quote, smoothie ruck, right? And so it's kind of takes all of this stuff and combines it, but we, we invite other people from the neighborhood, other couples and and other kids, and we meet at a park by our house and then we all move general direction of this smoothie shop. That's about a mile and mile and a half almost from our house. And you know, it takes forever it's like an hour one way, you know, (laughs) you've got kids of all different ages and all, all of that. And, you know, so we, we make sure to do that. And part of it is, yeah, we talk to our friends, but we also talk to each other still, right? You see your kids out, I end up carrying one of the kids on my shoulders and then I got the other and it just kind of how it goes. So we do that stuff as well with, you know, summer months in Florida are great. We'll go out to the beach after work. Like I, I did not foresee a world, however many moons ago when I would be excited to get off work, right? Like I, I my brain doesn't really work like that. I mm-hmm. really enjoy what I do. I'm really passionate about it. And turning my brain off is actually one of the hardest things that I do to spend quality time when I really want to spend quality time with, with family. But summer months when the, the summer nights are long and and the beach is a couple blocks away, and we take the whole family, and we go out to the beach and just run around. And Emma and I just kind of watch the kids run around or sometimes we'll jump in the ocean as well. You know, they're building sandcastles. And, like, we really prioritize doing things together outside. And I think it's a really strong forcing function for us also to be off of our phones, out of the sort of digital world, and just get outside together. And so that's one of those just – things that we feel really strongly about. And you you have to do it with some degree of consistency. You know, like it has to be a priority in your life. Or last night we took a night walk. That's what our kids are really into right now because it's getting darker much earlier. So now we have flashlights and we're walking around looking at the spooky houses, you know, because it's Halloween decorations are up around the neighborhood. And it's just really prioritizing the time together outside. And sometimes it turns into a train wreck. I'm not going to lie, right? Sometimes the kids <laughs> <laughs> or all of a sudden, it's crash and burn, and and it's just you know. But you can't get discouraged by that. You have to sort of stay the course. And then, you know, for for me and M, it's really yes, we we do date nights from time to time. The quarantine has complicated it a little bit and with you know just all of that stuff complicated it a little bit, but we see each other at work. That's almost counterproductive sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that because you think that you're, you're seeing someone, it's kind of like, you think that you know somebody because you see them online. It's, it's not quite that level, but it's, it's not the same thing. It's not like quality time for us, you know, but we 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 are good about, We are good about date nights whenever we can get them, whenever one of the moms will come over and watch the kids. We'll squeeze, you know, here's an hour. We've got an hour. Let's go sit somewhere, pick something up and go sit outside, whatever the case may be. And then we've also been pretty good about a weekend here, a weekend there. I mean, one of my favorite things to do is to to pick a music concert that I want to go to, that I, I know M would want to go to as well, and we turn that into a, a date night. So sometimes like, a couple years ago, we flew to New York, we've flown, but usually it's closer to home. There's a my favorite amphitheater is in St. Augustine, and so we'll, we'll drive down there together and turn a, turn that into a whole night. And those are really great. You know, those are some of my favorite memories the last
0: few years. <laughs> Well, and if you're anything like me, you're missing concerts pretty badly right now because yeah, that's I one of the them. things that I has gone you. and I, not come back. I uh, so, you. what is your what, what's your top choice while we're on the subject? Oh, concerts! Yes,
1: my favorite band all time is the Smashing Pumpkins. So, oh man, I'm I love just, Smashing Pumpkins. I'm just a huge fan, and and Billy, the the lead singer, you know, um, came out with some solo albums that we went to. Like he played in this this. Uh, synagogue in Brooklyn a few years ago and it was just it was him and a piano and a guitar like it was a really small venue and we just loved it we stayed in the Tribeca area and met with some other friends and you know you know went out and rocked all over New York City and just had a blast so kind of that's that was a really really great time and but yeah I mean I'm I'll go see almost almost anyone you know if, Mm -hmm. if they're good. Love it. What
0: about um, you? All right. What's your favorite? Yeah, my, my top is Dave Matthews. But yeah, I would not turn down a Smashing Pumpkins concert. In fact, this year was the year we were going to go out to, um, called Labor Dave. He does a three night um, concert out just outside of Seattle and a big outdoor venue. But of course, that got shut down. So maybe we can look forward to that next year.
1: Yeah, it's like um, everything's just coming back a year later, I think. So
0: I hope so. <laughs> we'll take it when it comes. All right. Well, let's transition to the final B, uh, which is being, and it's your connection with God and your spiritual connection. I think that's a huge, important part of who we are as men and producers and leaders. So what does that look like for you? And and what kind of rhythms do you have uh, in that part of your life?
1: So I think that one of the most important things to remember, and there's lots of ways to to get to this path, but it's it's not about you. And so, you know, if, if you take if you take sort of what that actually means, it's like there, there, there is a higher power and your job is to serve that. It's not about, it's not about you, you know, this whole life that we lead, it's not about you. And yet kind of part of it is the the more that you take care of yourself and the more that you give to others, the more that you're, in line with that. And so, you know, I mean, for me, the, the religious side of, of my life, I mean, it really came to bear when I joined the army and, you know, it was one of those things where when you're really kind of afraid to die, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, it, Anybody that signs up to go to war and goes to war, like nobody is saying, man, I hope I die. And, and converse is, is that fear is what kind of fear is something that you have to deal with. Like you have to, to manage it because if you don't, it will manage you and it becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And the, when I realized that some things were just outside of my control and, you know, it's like the big guy upstairs has got a plan and my job is just to honor him. My job is just to honor the life that I'm supposed to lead and to do my best and then let the chips fall where they may. That was very kind of liberating because when, when you really fear death, it's, it's crippling. And so a way to, to fear death less or to, to take kind of a more, enlightened perspective on it is, is to kind of see yourself as part of a bigger plan. That's, that's not just about you. And so that's absolutely involves faith.
0: So when you're not in that situation any longer, do you find it easy to drift when it's not life or death? Or do you think that's a lesson you learned and it's really resonated and stuck with you throughout building your company and your family?
1: So what I've found is that there are a lot of triggers for me in life that take me back to those moments when, I mean, I still, I may have prayed to not let, I mean, to not let the, the, the guy to my left and the guy to my right down, like that's the ultimate prayer that people say, right? Like God, give me the strength to not let these men down. And, and yet, you know, you don't say it but it's like you don't really want to die regardless you know mm-hmm. and so i have just found that so much of those difficult times in in service when i very much felt connected to god and in a way that it's just so visceral all of the time right and there is it's been impossible for me to completely replicate that outside of that environment. Mm -hmm. And yet the good news is, is that there are a lot of triggers that remind me of that all the time, namely service to others, the guys that I served with, that I, that I still work with now, right at, at -hmm. GORUCK and through our, our mission and, and just kind of, you know, the, the causes that we hold dear, right? I mean, right now we're in the middle of a really big push on, um, honoring the life of, of someone who, uh, a guy who was a Navy SEAL for 21 years who took his life a couple years ago. Mm. And it takes me immediately back to that life. And so, you know, this month I'm, I'm training my butt off for there's a, a hero wad and his name's thousand box steps with a 45 pound rug, right? 20 inch oh. box steps. You can scale it up or down, right? It's called a chat and the, the workout itself is Chad a thousand X. And so the, the point is it's like that takes me back. Like it's so ingrained in, in who I am to go back to, to like the airfield, right. To go back to, to, to the quiet moments before we're going out on a mission. It, it, it all kind of triggers back to those moments. And so you know, and then is there anything, is there anything really more spiritual than watching your kids, your kids come into this world, like watching mm-hmm. the birth of your children and, and then seeing that throughout their life, I kind of equate the two, you know, to where sure. you, you, like, I mean, I just remember my jaw hitting the floor when my, when my first son was born, you know, and it's like, it, it just goes back and reaffirms all of the faith that I've ever had.
0: And so those are the moments that, that really ground me. Awesome. And I'm sure we get to hear a lot more about that in your book. And why don't you just talk a little bit about the book, why you wrote it? Interesting title. Um, And and I know we've talked a lot about that, but certainly there's more uh, to be found in the book. So talk about that. Yeah. I mean, how not to start a backpack company. I mean, it was just a, it was a
1: real lesson in what not to do. Right. I mean, I was, it was, it's, basically centered around this summer of 2010, where I was in between years of business school and I decided to drive around to all 48 states, the lower 48, and kind of meet people and get into adventures, but try to sell some, some backpacks or some rucksacks, right? And the reason why it, it didn't work, although it was memorable and America's a beautiful place and it was it very much lifted up my spirits to meet so many great people, but I just wasn't committed. I just wasn't really committed to the path that I needed to be on. And I was looking to find an excuse to go on and just another adventure. And my life was crumbling, was crashing to the ground. There's, you know, this is M and I were not officially divorced yet. And there's kind of, that's, that's part of the, the journey in there. And so it was me trying to figure it out and it was just really hard. And so it's not really a how to business book. In fact, the opposite, it's, it's a lot more of an adventurous road trip, love story with a little bit of how not to's on, on the business front. And the the bigger story, the bigger piece there is there's just a lot of people out there selling the easy life to talk about, well, this is easy. Like you go to someone's website, it's like it's a business or you go, you know, see someone's about page and it's like, oh, you know, I had this plan and then I executed it and look at it now. It's it's great. Right. And my journey was not like that at all. It was it was extremely challenging. And the the personal side was the most challenging. And and as I talked about at the very beginning of, of this, this conversation was like my personal life was such a mess. And that's our foundation. We're the foundation of our relationships our ourselves, right? Like as an individual, you have to take care of yourself. Once you take care of yourself, you can start to take care of others. And so it it was one of those cases where this was the process of transitioning out of the military and trying to build a company and being at business school and going through a divorce and fighting over a dog and, you know, traveling to meet all these Great people in all these beautiful states and cities, and and this vastness of, of America, and yet it just didn't work. It wasn't working, and it took a lot of time for this sort of happy ending to come with all of this. And it wasn't without struggle. And so it's kind of a license for people out there to say, "Look, there's a lot of this that's really hard, and that's that's okay to just acknowledge it. Now, now just mm-hmm. keep going."
0: Well, that's an encouragement. I've enjoyed it so far. I look forward to finishing it because that's certainly been my story. That it it's not easy. In fact, it's not easy every step of the way. You just get new and bigger and better problems uh, that you've got to accomplish. And so that's an encouragement. I highly suggest anyone um, to check it out. Anyone who's listening and join Jason's story. Uh, how to n- how not to start a backpack company is the name uh, of the book. Jason, if anybody wanted to follow you, learn more, maybe check out some of your products. Where's the best place to go?
1: I mean, we're on all the social platforms is at GORUCK. My personal page on Instagram is Jason J McCarthy. And I mean, GORUCK.com is where our, uh, GORUCK.com is where our, the, the website lives. And, and the, new, the new fitness initiative, as, uh, as previously mentioned, uh, around veteran suicide prevention is chad1000x.com.
0: <sighs> So, what are you shooting for for your time on that? I'm curious.
1: I don't know. I've never done it before.
0: I mm-hmm. mean, I've heard,
1: I've heard like it could be a couple hours. I really don't <laughs> want that to be the case. So, so I don't know. Hour and fifteen minutes. I, I'm just sort of shooting that out. I, yeah, you know, I, I've been rucking a long time, but I don't usually do box steps. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and it's twenty pounds. Is RX? The, uh, like the full weight is 45, 45. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Now there's, there's a few different options. So, cause so Chad, he came up with this workout. <laughs> he, he was training for a, a mountain climb in South America. And so the, he, he worked up to this right? And, and so it's not something that you should just jump into. I mean, he worked into this when he was on the SEAL teams, right? So mm-hmm. he was already in really good shape and he still had to work up to it. So I don't recommend just going from no zero way. to zero to hero on this one, but so there's, there's scale. And this really is about veteran suicide prevention and, and Go be more active to do that. Do it with a buddy, do it with a friend. Right. You can go from slick, aka no rucksack to 20 pounds, 30 pounds, or you can take it up to, to 40, 45 pounds. And I mean, you can pick the height at the box step. I mean, with, without saying, hey, this is for everyone, like, like challenge yourself, right? Sure. Do the training plan and then be realistic, right? I mean, if if it's too taxing, then then, you know, lower the weight of the box, lower the weight of the box or lower, lower the weight in, in your rucksack. But we really just want to raise some awareness for this and, and get people together and, and uh, do some good. And, you know, I'm already, I mean, I'm sitting here in, in this, uh, we have a little called the champagne room at go Rec headquarters. And, you know, my butt is really sore. right now. <laughs> I was training this weekend, man. I'm like, man, that's I, like, this is I'm sore, you know? And And so it's good, you know? So part of this this balance that we talked about with fitness and stuff like that right it's like sometimes you have to you have to create a little lack of balance and you got to come up with a big goal and you got to train a little bit harder and you got to do that right and so this is one of those moments for me and it kind of breaks up the the routine of rucking a lot and, you know, sandbag ruck training with my buddies and stuff, which is just great fun. And I love it. Mm -hmm. It's healthy. Mm -hmm. and It's it's social fitness. And we're together and we get our heart rates up. And, you know, we drink some beers when we're done and it's outside and it's it's awesome. Like that to me feels you feel really close to God when you do all that kind of stuff and you're in your head. And it's and it's great. Right. Every once in a while, you got it. You got to challenge yourself. And and this is this is a great way to do it. Like find a cause that you really support and, and get after it.
0: Love it. Well, guys, check it out. How Not to Start a Backpacking Company. Check out Go Ruck if you haven't already. Great products. Great conversation, Jason. I thank you so much for making a little time for us. So much to learn about the habits, the systems, the routines you've implemented to get to where you are. And we wish you all the luck going forward. Forrest, thanks a million, man. I really respect what you're doing. And thanks so much for your time. The feedback from Tribecast over the last two seasons has been phenomenal, and one of the most common questions has centered around my willingness or abilities to deliver coaching to others. And As I've continued my personal journey on the having-it-all lifestyle across body being balance and business, I've been inspired to create a program that I couldn't find in the marketplace. It's called EX3, and it's for accomplished, kingdom-minded entrepreneurs that know they need a band of brothers to play this game with at the highest level. If that's you and you want to know more about what I'm up to, then head on over to EX3Impact.com now.